It's not the image of beautiful, swirling wind. And it's not a dancing flame. And it's not only the tender dove swooping down over the River Jordan. Today in Mark's Gospel, we encounter another facet of the Spirit of God, one that is powerful and unrelenting. Immediately following his baptism, we hear how the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness. We get no more details how it felt or looked, what it sounded like. Mark is too fast-paced a storyteller for that. Everything unfolds urgently and without fanfare. But imagine, if you will, here is this young rabbi just beginning his public ministry. Maybe some people already had a sense that Jesus was unusual. They'd heard the rumblings, the, the rumors of what John was leading toward. But if they were there at the riverside that day, they might have caught a glimpse of the Spirit descending on him, of the sky opening above as they had never seen before. And even over the din of the crowd exclaiming and, and of the, the, the water and the river splashing, they would have heard this pronouncement of belovedness as he came up out of the water. And then, just as suddenly, Jesus was out of sight. There is a forcefulness to the Spirit that we don't hear in the other Gospels. In Matthew and Luke, the Spirit leads Jesus out, guiding him. It sounds gentler to me, even if he still ends up in the wilderness. But here, the Spirit drives him, compels him forward. The Spirit casts him out into the desert. That's the word used here in Mark. The, the same word we, we use when Jesus later casts out demons. But, but here, before any of that healing and liberation work, it is Jesus who is the one being cast out. He is the one driven out into the wilderness quickly and seemingly without much say in the matter. I wonder what it felt like as it happened. What Jesus felt. Was, was there a mighty wind pushing on his back? Did it feel like a, a hook had come up under his ribs, insisting that he jump forward? Was he lifted and, and tossed by some irresistibly powerful force, carrying him like, like some bit of driftwood atop a crashing wave. 
Or did the Spirit's driving arrive internally? Invisible to any onlooker, this, this silent voice of truth, so powerful that Jesus did not dare to remain there unchanged. We don't know. All we hear is that the Spirit drives him out immediately. It's the kind of storytelling that leads us to ponder not just what happened, but, but maybe also where we fit in this narrative. Have we been driven like this? When has the Spirit carried us out and, and dropped us down in new territory, uncharted and without warning? I think... I think it happens in countless ways, and many of us have experienced a whole host of these wildernesses this last year. As I've witnessed folks navigate that space, I've, I've seen what can happen when we're urged into movement, when we're pushed out of our familiar ways. I've encountered this compelled exploration in, in various ways over the years, in, in adventures that went awry, and in parenting, and in all kinds of ministry. Most recently, though, I found myself being driven out because we got a puppy. Mabel came home with us in October almost entirely in response to the wilderness that we found ourselves in. The reality of moving to a new city mid-pandemic made it really difficult for our kids to have friends. It was lonely. Letters and FaceTime are great, but they just weren't cutting it. And so after tons of discussion and debate and a great long search, we brought this puppy home. I think I was at least as excited as the kids were, and I was hopeful. And I also carried some real trepidation. This was because for years now, I have been wrestling plantar fasciitis in my feet. I have tried just about everything to get back to running or even just walking without pain and all without lasting success. And so we got a dog. This very, very active, high energy dog. Interesting decision, you might say. Well, Mabel is six months old now, and she needs substantial exercise at least a couple times a day. She insists on it. She will destroy the house and all our shoes and who knows what else without it. She drives me out beyond our walls and my computer screen and and beyond my pandemic-born apathy, morning, noon, and night, every 
single day. Mabel forces my hand or my feet, as it were. She does not care how much I have to do or if I stayed up too late the night before or if I'm just grumpy. Out we go. And here's the thing. As much as I want to be in control of my life, as much as I want to believe that I can do it and I can do it well all by my own design, this young puppy is proving otherwise. In four months, she has done more for my feet, more to heal my feet than I have been able to do in four years. She has me walking some 25 or 30 miles a week now and pretty much without pain. She has compelled me out, out where I wanted to be and did not think I could be. She's pushed me deeper into this wilderness and I am being healed there. Now, to be very clear, I do not think that my puppy is God, though she definitely acts like it, like she thinks so some of the time. But she does give me a glimpse of what God can be like, how God acts in ways that maybe we think we don't want, but that actually bring us into more abundant life than we can ever design or create on our own? What if we don't have the answers or the power or the will within ourselves to live as God would have us live? What if more often than not we're too distractible and, and forgetful and just plain ornery to choose this way of life? It frustrates me. But I know that my stubborn hubris gets the best of me a lot of the time. I wonder if this is why sometimes we need not just the gentle dove, but a driving spirit. We need the spirit who shakes us up and doesn't wait and casts us out where we will grapple and struggle and be stretched out where we will find life. Maybe Jesus consented to this driving spirit because he knew we needed the example of his wrestling in the wilderness. And maybe he did so simply because he was human, because he too needed to be unsettled, to be forged and formed out there apart. I do not believe that God wills our suffering, but our discomfort? This driving spirit seems to understand how discomfort can lead us into the fullness of life. There is, of course, no controlling this spirit. We cannot choose when we'll be driven out from all that is familiar, when we'll be cast out into a new wilderness of loneliness, of trial, and of fear. 
But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if now as we move into Lent, if we can actively look for this driving spirit. Can we welcome that surprising, compelling movement? Can we stop trying to domesticate our faith and sanitize the healing that is meant for us? Instead, even just for these 40 days, what if we welcome this holy force and ride it, run with it, trust it to carry us forward? For time in Lent, this time of Lent is more than anything a time for movement, of being pulled out beyond ourselves and then led to turn again and again to discover new paths to return to God. It is a time of setting down our stubborn ways and being opened up to something new, far beyond our comfort and our design. First, though, first we have to let this spirit drive us into the wilderness.